What's up, y'all? Respect the Chat Podcast is back. Your boy Ryan is over there in Pittsburgh. I'm over here in Milford, and we wanted to bring y'all an episode. I think we took off a week, did we, Ryan? Yeah, I think one one week we took a little uh, hiatus. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> a lot going on in sports, so we wanted to get back at you. We tried to get Frankie and Rich on. We recorded on a Saturday. Ryan mm-hmm. always puts these out quickly, but we want to make sure that Frankie and Rich can get on at some point. So me and Ryan moved around the date of the podcast a couple of times. Uh, they weren't able to make it, so it's okay. We definitely want to get them on, you know, like I said, because I just want to hear I want to hear that bantering that Frankie always gives. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Right. Just the crazy outlandish that's <laughs> um, or storylines that he's pulling out from I don't know where and giving them to us to hear and then I gotta mostly react crazy because of it but and then you guys chime in on your stuff help me calm down and we move from there but we'll get him on we'll get Rich and his Richisms on we <laughs> missed that a ton oh yeah um, but the two most consistent guys man me right. and you so we're just gonna keep the train moving until the other guys decide to hop back on and I know they will they're just busy and that's okay. A lot of things happening in sports. Um, a lot of things happening outside of sports as well. And this first topic we're going to talk about is kind of like an in sports, out of sports um, topic. And that being the topic of Kevin Durant's comments to Michael Rappaport. Mm-hmm. We're not going to get into the comments, me and Ryan. But I do want to say, and I, and I, and I don't want to speak for Ryan, so he could always chime in right after me. And um, I don't agree with the comments that Kevin Durant made. The words he used... Um, are um, offensive to many people um, and can cause damage. And I think it's just uh, maybe a lack of um, just, for, you know, acting in the moment out of impulsivity, out of frustration. Mm-hmm. It's just not thinking in the moment, which I have not done myself at times, you know, in the way that I react. I'm not perfect and I'm not here to judge anybody either. And that's not what we want to really talk about, but I don't agree with the comments and the use of them. Um, and I agree with just all of us becoming better as people, um, being mindful of one another and respecting most importantly and loving one another. So if you wanted to add that and then we can get into really what the topic is, right? What do you, what do right. you think? Right. Um, I think, I think you said exactly what, what should be said is that those, the words they use, you know, are offensive and shouldn't be something we, you know treat each other with in our everyday vocabulary uh not to not to pick any sides of anything but you know these guys are two guys who are known for that sort of thing too like michael rapaport is not somebody who's just you know hasn't ever said something offensive in his life he's not innocent he's not innocent yeah so whatever the situation was in in this specific situation uh, i don't know but in in the general scheme of things that's not you know, if you have a problem with somebody in your everyday life, like taking taking aside from all this stuff, you know, you you talk to people, you you talk through stuff, and if it's something that can't be solved with words, then you know you figure out other solutions. But to to go back and forth and you and you know use verbal abuse and stuff like that back and forth, it just never gets anywhere good, and it, it leads to drama and all that stuff, and it just gives you like that feeling that. You know something something's wrong at all times you know it, just in personal uh personal experience you're like man oh even when you say those words like you you can't take words back especially mm-hmm. uh over the internet too where the screenshots will live forever but um just just in that specific situation i don't think kevin durant handled that appropriately but that's how he is you know online and that's how some people react 
that you know the Michael Rappaport's of the world. That's how you grab their attention. So um, that's the only language some of them speak. So I don't I don't know. It, it seems like it, like it's silly, and uh, I, I like to bring into the next topic what we want to talk about that this part actually matters. I like you know when the athletes and stuff use their social media platforms for other uh, for other uses and bringing awareness to other certain things so go ahead with with what you wanted to talk about yeah definitely i think both of our you know opinions there um are ones that are just being sensitive to people and Mm -hmm. being sensitive to others being mindful um how we carry ourselves um and what we think and what we say and i i know a lot of times that comes out over social media i don't have social media i never had it And I think mostly it's because I just wasn't able to figure out and navigate it in the beginning. And then it got to a point where I just really didn't feel comfortable um, with like people knowing what I'm doing and where I'm at. And um, I didn't think I needed to share that with everybody. I kind of like to live in the moment um, and be with the people who experience those things with me um, and so forth. But I don't I don't disagree with social media, so I don't want to say that either. Um, but I do think things come out on there sometimes and people voice things on social media that could really, well, be offensive, you know, be hurtful, be frustrating. There is a lot of happiness on there, too, and celebrating, you know, different accomplishments that people who maybe couldn't um, experience that when you could then see it. Mm-hmm. Um, but my question is this with the players and with athletes in particular, because that's what we do here. At Respect the chat. We talk about sports. Um Athletes, should they stay away from social media during the year? Um, should they stay away from it altogether? Um, I don't agree with that. I think social media is a huge outlet for them to make money, to be, you know, for their fans to be closer to them, mm-hmm. um, to, you know, display accolades and things like that. So I, I, I think they should be allowed on it. I want to say that. Um, but I'm not quite sure if they should be on it during the during the season and whatever season it is whether it's basketball baseball football Mm -hmm. hockey ufc anything like that um though the fight game is seems like it's a little bit more of a different (laughs) a different animal you know but at least with those major you know major so-called sports um that we all think about um what do you think i don't know yeah i want to hear what your opinion is Mm -hmm. and then i want to try to work through my own you know through it but what do you think because i know you are on social media and you are of a generation who does use it very well um and for the right ways a lot of times and sometimes for the wrong but what's your opinion on it yeah well i think there's two it's not a straight up easy answer it's definitely twofold where one the benefits of it uh of athletes being on social media regardless of if it's you know for something useful um like bringing awareness to certain things certain uh items that are popular or necessary to talk about in in today's world and then there's another side of things where you have people like you know skip baelish shannon sharp Stephen a smith guys like us just talking about sports you know just dissecting the sports and sometimes athletes feel like it's their responsibility to defend themselves somehow and you know with with social media i've seen a lot of that on twitter where someone will post like an out of context clip of of Stephen a smith or something like that saying something and then they'll feel the need to comment back um whether i agree with that or not i i don't know but i think that it is something that is good for for content for to bring light to sports to bring popularity to sports because then look he says something like this let's say i'm just using damian lillard as an example he's someone who's very active on social media is very uh 
um, he's not he's not afraid to tweet back at, at Skip Bayless or something like that or tweet what his thoughts are. And I think the back and forth could be good because you you have these TV hosts who are making money to say whatever the heck they're saying, right? And sometimes it goes without rebuttal. Mm-hmm. And the athlete chirps back or whatever it is. And now they have another segment to talk about. Oh, they, look, Damian Lillard responded to me doing this. So it's just, I think, it ever it's an evolving thing where it could be used in the right way where a little back and forth is never is not always a bad thing, you know. Everyone always has to agree at all at all times. But as long as it's not something, you know, so hurtful that you're saying it over the internet and, you know, you feel empowered to say words that you you would never really say, uh, I think that it could be a, a good thing because look at – one thing I like to bring an example in it is the MLB, right? The MLB – has been you know baseball has always been you know america's pastime this this and that and my generation at least it's not very popular it's mm-hmm. not a sport where you see a lot of people you know m- m- around my age or younger running to go see running to go check out mm-hmm. really interested in talking about the players you uh, most people i would say who aren't big baseball fans and our sports fans wouldn't know couldn't name 20 guys in the MLB right now and <laughs> definitely the thing about it is i guarantee that those same sports fans could probably name 20 guys in the NBA name 20 guys yeah. in the NFL and i think the reason for that is the presence of social media for these other sports and how big it is it's like the new news outlets you know and i think MLB is just behind a little bit behind on that with um you know they they have a lot a big hand in controlling their content, uh, doing a lot of copyright stuff with, you know, just not allowing the game to be spread unless it's within their network, uh, like their MLB.com stuff. But I think they I think they're, um, I I could be wrong, but I thought they might be leaning towards changing all that stuff if they haven't done it already. Mm. But I think in terms of social media that that's the benefits of it for sports what do you what do you think about that you think do you think that it's the availability that the players make themselves because like you said kevin durant is known to be to you know clap back at different people Mm -hmm. um that either hit him up you know in his dms or hit him you know on a message and, and he's reading the feed he's been known to go back and forth with people um which i don't think he needs to you know he's mm. one of the greatest players on planet earth and, and when it comes to bet playing basketball and i don't think he needs to feed into really any of those comments positive or negative you know at least during the season i don't think ever but particularly during the season when it's going to affect you know maybe his play you know mm-hmm. his wallet um more importantly the way he's you know um viewed even though he may not feel that way necessarily because he's reacting out of impulsivity Mm -hmm. which a lot of times we do over text message or over social media um because like you said you can hide behind that and say those things when maybe you wouldn't say that to someone's face so do you think it's the availability that the nba nfl not so much nhl but maybe nba nfl players make themselves on social media that the mlb and the nhl doesn't because, you know, like you said, I couldn't – I seriously couldn't name 20 Major League Baseball players right now. Mm-hmm. Now, I grew up a baseball player. I started playing when I was probably like six years old, you know, played all the way into my teenage years. 
um baseball was my favorite sport ever i could tell you everybody mm -hmm. from, from the mid 90s to the early 2000s you know um baseball was everything i knew everything about it you know mm -hmm. um super involved and now i couldn't tell you 20 players right you know um i think the nhl is partially at fault of that as well of the things you're saying mlb does as well because there is a there is great great athletes in the nhl um the nhl does better at exposing um not exposing you know yeah um giving those opportunities to those nhl players to build their brand um and exposing them to the rest of the world you know how great they are mm -hmm. but um I think that the ML, the NBA players and NFL players make themselves more available to social media that then maybe the major league plays major league baseball players don't and I think that's where some of these maybe back and forth issues maybe come. Mm -hmm. I think that uh, that definitely has a part in it and um the fact that they're already so popular uh helps but like I was saying I think that just because look let me say this. The MLB, I guarantee that those 20 players that I couldn't name, right? I guarantee they all have a Twitter. They all oh, have an Instagram. They're all verified. They all, you know, probably post stuff on it. It's just how can you find somebody you don't know? You know, yeah. you're not going looking for these guys because you don't know them. And I think that that is what the MLB has lacked in terms of, like you said, giving exposure to the players who have talent. Aside from, you know, the major guys, I think that guys like, you know, Mike Trout or, or Fernando Tatis. Yeah. Fernando Tatis. Yes. Fernando Tatis, I think is one of the few players along with maybe like Aaron judge that like is, is out there that people know because of social media. Mm -hmm. You know, I haven't watched a single Fernando Tatis game and I know all about him because I've seen his highlights. I've seen him do things that, you know, the MLB didn't even really agree with, you know, yeah. with, we talked about it last year on this podcast um, or you guys did at least about, you know, hitting the, hitting, uh, you know, swinging for the fences when your team is, you know, or when you are supposed to take a walk or whatever, something like that, or take a pitch. Yeah. yeah. Um, but stuff like that, I think that the MLB is just so outdated with that sort of mindset that they're not giving their younger players and new generation the opportunities that other players have in different sports to build their brand and build their personal um, brand up like I, like I said with social media and I think that everything revolves around that for better or for worse but I, I want to address what you said before about Kevin Durant I completely agree I don't think guys like that have to respond at mm. all uh, they definitely don't have to say anything or defend themselves to anybody uh, they, they can just go on the court and play and these are some of the best these are the best players in the world um, they don't need to prove themselves in any other way but I think that just the exposure of hearing that stuff is really important. I just wanted to say about uh, a specific example. I saw a clip. Did you see the clip about Russell Westbrook, about his response to Stephen A. Smith, about not being an NBA champion? I I didn't see exactly. I heard about mm -hmm. it, though. Someone, yeah. I heard someone commenting on it. Yeah, so in a nutshell, pretty much what he said was he was responding to um, Stephen A. Smith, not saying he's doesn't have a ring, probably won't win one. Um, saying that I don't have to. Be, he said, in paraphrasing here, he, I don't have to be an NBA champion. You know, I came from I came from the streets and I made it to the NBA. I'm already a champion. Mm -hmm. And you know, I I like those words and it's 
stuff like that you won't get to hear unless it's you have social media like my entire generation doesn't watch post game conferences you know we watch the game as soon as the game's over we flip to the next one we don't watch those or read the newspapers or stuff like that we see that stuff because of social media and we see the players being able to express themselves and you know talk like you're saying for better or for worse make their money talk about the problems with the team through social media so i think that they should be allowed to use it during the regular season i think that they should be a lot more careful with how they use it because they, they could easily just as easily hurt themselves with it as well as help themselves so it should be a lot more careful they shouldn't be saying things like kd was saying but i do think that it's a useful tool that that they should be able to use i agree i definitely agree i think they should be able to use it um but be mindful of how they're using it and who they're commenting back to use it as something that you know let us know like um the great things you're doing in the community um mm-hmm. you know the accolades a quick highlight you know is something you did on the court you, a fly outfit that you're wearing into the arena how go. cool all of those there you go you know what i'm saying your new sneaker that's out whatever it is man all positive stuff you know all things that you're doing that you know build you who you are up mm-hmm. and don't feed into all these you know people who want to get you all riled up and want to you know m- want to be jealous of you and want to anger you don't feed into those things as best as you can so Definitely. um just an interesting topic something i definitely wanted to hear um your opinion on discuss because you are you know in that social media world that i'm not in but i i have enough tap into it you know from others that are around me to kind of like i want i want to look out for these guys in the nba you know i want to see them grow and develop um and be the great people that they are and not have to feed into all the hate man that people will provoke them Definitely. into doing you don't want to see it over social media or anybody get hurt yeah absolutely. um the nba did make some crazy moves Ooh. trades oh, yeah. um a little mix-up action going on in the nba um heading closer to the deadline we didn't get a uh, trade deadline we didn't get an episode in around there so ryan's gonna let us know some of the trades that went down and we're gonna discuss them see what we like didn't like you know and go from there yeah so we we missed last week where we were going to talk about this which was more recent but we just still wanted to touch on it um i'm only going to go over the big ones because i have a long list here of all the really um really all the trades that happened but i'm just going to narrow it down to the ones we want to talk about i'll i'll start with the the trade the nuggets made uh with the magic so the nuggets get aaron gordon from the magic and gary clark for in return the magic get gary harris rj hampton in a 2025 first round pick what do you think about what do you think about that move for the nuggets what do you think about that move for the magic well for the magic i think that they're just looking to unload players who maybe they potentially either got to play uh pay pretty soon Mm -hmm. um or not quite sure what they want to do moving forward but i think they have to then if that's what they decide you know that they're unsure got to let these guys go because um, like we'll talk about in a little bit, the guys that they let go in Gordon, Evan Fournier, uh, and one other mate, and and Vujicic, not Vujicic, Vujicic, yeah, yeah Vujicic. Vujicic, letting go. To, those are the three best players um, that they got on their team. Vujicic, maybe the top guy in the NBA right now. So the Aaron Gordon move, I like more for Denver. Mm-hmm. Um, I like it from a fantasy perspective too, and I have him on my fantasy there team. We go. Um, because I think it gives him a lot of opportunity to grab more rebounds, get more assists. And to score points that necessarily um, the defense isn't keying on him, mm-hmm. you know, to stop him. So he's going to get a lot of one-on-ones. He's got, he's very athletic in the paint. He's going to get those scores. 
Um, he's going to get those dunks, those alley-oops, those passes from Joke, man. Joke is going to find him, and he's going to find Joke. That's going to be a great combo inside. And um, if, you know, uh, Jamal Murray is going to be able to take some more of that attention, that Gordon's going to be able to do his thing even more. I think it's a great trade for Denver. It frees up Murray, too, on the outside and, then, and you know, inside the three-point line to get a couple more maybe, you know, pick and rolls or jump shots going off. Denver is dangerous. I really like getting Aaron Gordon over there. I think it makes that starting lineup, which we'll talk about in a little bit, um, top, you know, um, lineups in the NBA. I think that makes that lineup very hard to defend Mm -hmm. and very hard to um, stop in the paint and on the rebound side of things. And that's big in the West, especially in the playoffs. Nice. Yeah, I like it. I definitely like the moves that that the Nuggets made. And I think that for the Magic, I'm going to read the rest of their trades here. But you're right. I think they're bringing in a new generation. You know, they're going with the young guys. They see that the the immediate future isn't exactly what they hoped it was. They gave it a try. And now it's those guys' turns to go play, get paid, like you said, um, go play to try and win championships, play for contending teams. So, I like it. Uh, I like the moves that they made. So I'll list. I'll list the two other trades here, uh, which is first one, which is my favorite trade of the of the entire deadline, which I'm is sure. the Magic trade, Nikola Vucevic, and Al Farouk Aminu to the Bulls for Wendell Carter Jr., Otto Porter Jr., and two future first round picks. Whose name might be Junior? We don't know yet. Might be Junior yeah. and another Junior. Might be it the third. Be the, Who knows? Could be the Junior trade <laughs> going from one team to the other. And I know yeah. you like this trade because you're a Bulls fan, and you should, because that man you got, man. I'll Ooh. ask you what you think about what this lineup looks mm-hmm. like. I think it looks very good, and I like how this guy's game meshes with Levine, and um, and what they're thinking about doing there in Chicago. Isn't the Chicago um, Billy Donovan Chicago's coach? Oh yeah, oh yeah. I really First love Billy year. Donovan and what he did with the young guys in that unit in Oklahoma City um, a year or so ago. So I like him getting um, the guys he's getting on his team to build his squad. But from your opinion as a Bulls fan, what do you think? Oh, I love. I really is for the first time, you know, in a while. I'm excited about about the Bulls and the future that they're that they're trying to put together. Uh, Billy Donovan, I think, was the absolute right choice. Um, to hire uh, for this spot, uh, he the way he meshes with the team has been a really tough thing for for Bulls fans because the past two coaches that we've had are all of our star players have had troubles with them. Think they butt heads, they don't you know agree on a lot of stuff. And I think that uh, Billy Donovan's one of those guys who connects with the younger players and you know wants to hear what they have to say. Has, for the first time, I heard Zach Levine say he feels like he has an input. He feels like, you know, a, a leader on the team. And he, he's he been playing outstanding this year, all-star and all-star year. And getting Vucevic just makes it that much better. Um, that's what we were needing, a dominant presence inside, a, a scoring presence that isn't Levine. And uh, he can mo- we can move Markkinen outside now. I know he, Laurie Markkinen, he's 6'10", 6'11", but... Um, he doesn't like to play down low. He's he's skinny. He's long. He likes to shoot the ball. He likes to spread the floor. And we needed that big guy like Vucevic to, to dominate down there. So I'm excited about that trade. That's um, I'm really excited. And the next one. You be, bro, you should be. That's a, that's a serious basketball oh, player yeah. to get on your team. That guy has made a name for himself the last two years, and particularly this year. Mm-hmm. Um, 
to say, man, I'm here, NBA, and now I'm going to Chicago, and Ooh. me and Zach Levine are going to hold it down. Yeah, you know? and I'm, I'm looking forward to maybe like a playing spot. You know that how they're doing that playing tournament for the, yeah. for the last two seeds. Um, I'm really hoping for, for a spot like that in the East. That would be a big improvement of just a shot at making the playoffs this year. Uh, to then build into maybe getting some more guys next year and, you know, so on and so forth. Um, the Magic also moved Evan Fournier uh, to the Celtics for Jeff Teague, who they then waived. Uh, he's now a free agent, Jeff Teague, and um, he could have been signed by someone else in the recent week or so, but I, I don't know that. Um, and they also got two future second-round picks for Evan Fournier. So they're just unloading all their guys, trying to build up picks, trying to – get ready for for what's next for their organization Mm -hmm. so um, moving on to the next big trade in my opinion uh that was the raptors move Mm -hmm. uh i think that this was you know a pretty significant trade for for role players for both teams so the raptors trade norman powell uh, who's like their six man, sometimes starting, you know, shooter, lights out shooter, scorer, to the to the Blazers for Gary Trent Jr. and Rodney Hood. What do you think about that move for those teams? It confused me a little bit because, as you and I know, we're both fans of Gary Trent Jr. Um, we've talked about this privately before. Mm-hmm. I thought Gary Trent Jr. was that type of player who stepped in really well when um, C.J. McCollum went out with injury. Um, meshed well with that Portland Trailblazer team. Um, thought it was a guy, a young guy who they were like, okay, you know, we got this guy, nice and young. He's he's building with you know Lillard and McCollum. Good, great wing player. You know, another guy to match with those two guys can score, could play defense. Definitely. I really thought he was going to be there, mm-hmm. and then they trade him to Toronto, and um, I mean Toronto got back a player. Who we I just talked about his accolades and the guy I think he is a very good player I think and only going to get better mm-hmm. I think I think he's going to do well in Toronto I don't know exactly what Toronto's direction is because they were shopping Kyle Lowry um, over the de- over the um, trade deadline or so or supposedly that was the story so I don't know where they go from there and mm-hmm. the team that's going to be built around Gary Trent Jr. or if he even stays there but I like moving forward and then being competitive with Siakam, Kyle Lowry, and Gary Trent Jr. I like that combo over there. But I really like this move for Portland because I think Norman Powell is a guy that not many NBA fans know Mm -hmm. um, but should because he has been silently killing it over there in Toronto for the last two years as well. Scoring, like you said, playing defense, just doing everything they ask him to do Mm -hmm. um, and being maybe arguably one of the best players in Toronto that nobody mentioned, yeah. you know, there's so much hype around Lowry's and rightfully so. And so much hype around Siakam. But I think Norman Powell was the guy who was keeping him in a lot of games, you know, and with his defense and with his offense, not adding him to Portland yeah. with Lillard, with CJ McCollum coming back healthy, man, this is a very good move. Um, and then the center just came back recently. Nur- Nurkic, yep. that's his name, right? He, he just came back recently. Um, so they're gelling well. We'll get to that maybe in the in the topic of, you know, starting fives, who's great. But, man, I just think, again, and this is why I keep mentioning this so far when you brought up these teams in Denver and in Portland, I think by them making the trades they did, mm-hmm. they have put themselves in that top five. You know, I mean, um, starting five who could be top five in the league to me. Mm-hmm. They are just so good. They made They made improvements 
that are really going to help them come playoff time. You like this move as well? Yeah, I think I think exactly what you said is right. And you see teams making moves that they know where they're lacking, and especially if they're a competitor um, to try and win a championship. They know those spots where they can use that extra boost, and I think that the Blazers got exactly what they needed, an extra guard who can defend, who could score, who can give them a little boost just in case, you know, just in case that that deadly backcourt duo um, is, you know, either having an off night or getting, you know, their scheme drawn up a little too well in a seven-game series. It's going to be tough. Now you got to figure out a third guy who can really score the ball uh, in, in volume. Too. He, he can come off the bench and, and put up 20 before you even know he's in the game. So I think that's a really good move. And then for the Raptors, uh, they get a young guy in Gary Trent Jr. who has been playing phenomenal for my fantasy team over in Toronto. And I think that he has like a little bit more free reign. I feel like in, in Portland, he felt like he was in more of a structured setting where, he, okay, I got to shoot the ball and I got to defend. And he stuck to that and he played it really well. But uh, but seeing him on Toronto, it looks like he is just doing his thing. He's playing loose and comfortable. He's shooting the ball off the dribble. He's you know yeah. still doing his his hustling and his defense. But I think that he feels a little bit more comfortable being himself and not thinking, oh, well, I got to fit in this structure if I want to be on this you know competitive team. That's and um, another one I I missed. I missed. This is an even bigger trade. The Heat acquire Victor Oladipo. From the Houston Rockets for Kelly Olynyk, Avery Bradley, and a potential 2022 draft swap. So if mm. if the Heat have a higher draft pick than the Rockets that year in 2022, they can opt to switch it out. Okay. Uh, so what do you think about that? Like we're saying, building top five roster, building your starting five up. What do you think about that Heat roster with Victor Oladipo? Man, I think this guy should have went there like two years ago or whatever <laughs> it was before he decided to go to either Oklahoma or a couple of years ago, whatever, Oklahoma City or Indiana. I mean, maybe that yeah. move was justified, whatever. But, you know, when he went to Houston, I think he should have went there sooner. Victor Holodipo plays Miami Heat basketball. He fits mm-hmm. into that culture really well. I know I've heard him say that a big reason why he went there, which is a big reason why Jimmy Butler went there, is because of Dwayne Wade and their relationship with Dwayne Wade. Dwayne Wade needs to be a GM, I think, in the NBA. I really do. I think this guy has such great relationships with players. He's a guy that's been through every situation, free agency-wise, you know, drafted probably not where he should have, you know. He, mm-hmm. you know, he probably should have went higher. At the, I mean, how could he go any higher than LeBron and Carmelo? But, hmm. you know, and, and those guys in that year. But he's just, you know, not really looked upon, really, you know, big coming out of school into the potential that he turned into the Hall of Fame player. So shout out to Dwayne Wade um, and the Miami Heat and figuring out how to get Oladipo because I think he's a really good defender. He's still got his athleticism. Um, He's definitely a guy that could help out, I really believe, help out Tyler Hero a ton. I think he could be a huge mentor to Tyler Hero Mm -hmm. um, in how to play at that body style in a two-guard position. You know, Oladipo is not the biggest, strongest guy at the two-guard position where he mostly played his career. Neither is Hero, but they possess very, very different skills. You know, Hero's more of a shooter, slasher. Um, I mean, shooter, you know, mid-range shot type guy. Comes off, you know, slashes off the ball a little bit, Mm -hmm. but not as much as Oladipo, who's more explosive, gets to the hoop. Oladipo can shoot the rock as well. They both could shoot. And, you know, offensive defense, they're very well is what I'm really trying to say. But definitely a mentor guy that Hero could look at. 
um, and Duncan Robinson can look at as well and can give those young guys some real nice structure to build off of, mm-hmm. um, help out Jimmy Butler. Of course, Oladipo's offense will help that him out. Jimmy Butler likes to play defense. So does Victor Oladipo. Um, just that culture in Miami, man. It's, you know, what, 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 um, what's his name? Uh, not, I want to come. Who's the big guy over there? Bam Adebayo. Um, yeah. Well, Adebayo, man, it's going to free him up in the lane a little bit more, um, into grabbing rebounds and yeah. grabbing some dunks, some alley-oops, you know, just Victor Oladipo helps that helps Miami out a lot. And Miami helps Victor Oladipo out a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think that they're gonna. It's gonna take a little bit of figuring out, as as it always does with these sort of mm-hmm. things. But I think that piecing him into this lineup adds that extra element that you were saying he fits right in. You know, he ha- he plays that style of basketball that they've been trying to play. He plays fast. He plays strong. And like you said, he's not the biggest guy, but he's super athletic. Uh, he plays super hard, and he could score the basketball. He gives Jimmy Butler a bit of a rest. Gives guys like. You know Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson the ability to stretch the floor and play in space because he's drawn a little bit of attention uh, more than you know an Avery Bradley would if he were still there. You know, um, so I like that. I like the move. Uh, I don't know if I think it's it's you know championship winning. I don't think now all of a sudden they're the favorites, but I do think it puts them. It, it makes them better. I think that's the point of this whole trade deadline is to you make your team better. And as long as you made your team better uh, or you, you stuck to your goals for the future, then uh, you did well at the trade deadline. So there's a couple ones I could breeze over here. Um, big three-team trade with the Sixers. Uh, so the Sixers were looking at guys like Kyle Lowry uh, to get what we were saying. I think they were listening to respect the chat, the Sixers. You know, a true point which everybody guard. Everybody should be. Which everybody should be. Exactly. They're trying to get a point guard. What's what's all that? What that is about? Uh, we've been saying it. We know exactly what it's about. Mm-hmm. Um, but they get George Hill instead. Okay, they get George Hill and Brad Zekas, uh from the Thunder and the Knicks. The Knicks get Terrence Ferguson, Vincent Poirier, 2021 second-round pick, 2024 second-round pick. And the Thunder get Austin Rivers, Tony Bradley from the Sixers, uh, Austin Rivers from the Knicks 2025 second round pick 2026 second round pick so we see the Thunder again pick after pick after pick in the next five years they have 30 plus picks 17 <laughs> first round picks 17 second round picks that's the Thunder that's the Thunder yes did oh I say Sixers no the no thunder. I think you're, you said the Thunder yeah, I just wanted to make sure I heard you yeah. right yep the Thunder and then Sixers get George Hill that point guard that yeah that we've been talking about they need um really quick what do you think about that they need more than george hill um yeah. and i think you agree as well in in if they're gonna move forward with um really utilizing ben simmons game we've said this before mm-hmm. six of friends are gonna get at me again over and over i'll get the text messages during the week <laughs> if the episode comes out shout out to group home and everybody else out there but you know like i said i think george hill helps um take simmons off the ball um, I don't know if he's going to start or come off the bench. Maybe that second unit mm-hmm. looks a little different, you know, once um, Embiid gets back as well from his injury and Simmons can play off the ball a little bit. Tobias Harris can keep doing his thing. He's been playing great. Right. Um, and then George Hill could, 
you know, run the, you know, control the ball coming up the court and kind of let the, those wing guys go, you know, Simmons go, you know, Tobias Harris spot up, you know, help out and beat in the paint, not get it clogged up as much. So um, I think it's okay. Um, the Knicks, I like, you know, the Knicks didn't give up much with Austin Rivers, getting rid of Austin Rivers. He wasn't doing much over there. I would honestly like to see the Knicks make more of a move to get John Collins or another forward or maybe, I don't know, a bigger two guard in there to really help out um, R.J. Barrett and to help out um, Julius Randle. They didn't do too much. Okay. Um, I think those are trades in there, like you mentioned, that are more in the favor of the Thunder because the mm-hmm. Thunder get to build, and that's exactly what they wanted to do. And that's, I think, a part, uh, a reason why I think Billy Donovan even left there because he was moving forward with the guys he had, building what he had, and they were like, ah, we kind of want to still go young. I don't know if Billy wanted to stay around for that. So they definitely are going young, mm-hmm. and it's happening in the next couple of years. That team will look very different. Oh, yeah. Um, I think even with Rondo, too, going to the Clippers, Yep. Um, I think that was – a good move for teams that maybe you should have picked up a guard. Maybe how doesn't he, he should end up in Philly. How does Rondo not end up in Philly to set people up? Rondo sets people up so well and his defense and grit would be something I think that would really match well. You know, Doc Rivers over there in Philly coached him before Mm -hmm. in Boston. Um, I don't know, man. I think he would have done well in Philly. I like him then going to the Clippers though and helping those guys out. Um, I think the NBA did well with moving guys and teams that are really good, um, getting players who make them even better, mm-hmm. and teams that are looking to start young get assets and picks that they can move forward with. So I really like what the NBA did. What I also wanted to ask you on about um, is what you think about of these guys like LaMarcus Aldridge getting bought, being bought out and then going to Brooklyn, mm-hmm. and finally the release of Andre Drummond, Drummond being bought out and him going to L.A. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that these teams, these organizations, Lakers, Nets, um, their idea is we got to win now, right? Not next year, not the year after. It Now, right now, and then we'll figure out the rest, right? And I think that the Lakers are seeing this roster that the Nets are putting together. They're like, okay, LeBron and AD, we're going to need a little bit more. You know, we're going to need something else. To, to help because, I mean, let's be honest. That roster without LeBron and without AD might not even make the playoffs on, in the West, in the Western Conference, you know? And they Maybe an eight seed somehow. But that roster without them two is, is you know, it's it needs some work. Um, and, and, that's not, and that's not a, you know, a hit against them because taking out LeBron and AD is not like just taking out two random players it's taken out two of the best players in the nba so um but with lamarcus aldridge going to the nets i think that he adds an element of defense that they've been lacking um they give up points in bunches and i think that a lot of nets fans uh, have been saying this they need to get deandre jordan back on the bench you know uh the rise of uh of the young guy nicholas claxon has been good he's been playing Mm -hmm. a lot more minutes uh, taking a little bit of DeAndre Jordan's minutes. It, it's just the, the thing about DeAndre Jordan is he can't move on the outside. You know, he gives up a lot of he gives up a lot of points to big men that can shoot because he can't get out there and defend and make it back. You know, he if he can just plant in the paint, you know, and make those kind of stops, he could do that. But yeah. that's not today's NBA. Today's right. NBA, the five will step out to the corner and shoot a three. Will 
set a high pick and pop. You know, guys like Jokic, guys like Embiid, guys like AD. He can't guard those sort of guys. Mm-hmm. And I think that LaMarcus Aldridge coming there gives them that sort of mobility at the five position that they need where he can get out and guard the perimeter. He can talk and communicate and switch, and he's mobile down low. And uh, oh, I think yeah. I think that a lot of Nets fans are happy about that move regardless of what the NBA is thinking about it. He's not – LaMarcus Aldridge is not going to come in there and be, you know – the all-star that he that he once was but he's gonna go in there and i think do what he needs to do in terms of what i just said with defense and stuff like that so i like the move for both teams mm-hmm. um i think that the nets still have the better roster even with the drummond move um so it's gonna it's gonna be good it's gonna be good coming down the stretch of the playoffs i'm, I'm really excited about it me too so let's stick a bit let's stick on the on rosters mm-hmm. um i mentioned a couple in the text that i sent you but who do you th- think has the best starting lineup Everybody being healthy, mm-hmm. you know, which is going to probably happen in a couple weeks or so. Everyone's going to be healthy. What starting roster do you – it may not even be the starting roster that they – it looks like, you know, they're going to put together. Yeah. You know, what, what may be Aldridge coming off the bench. Is Drummond going to start? But let's mm-hmm. just go with what you think is the best – could be the best starting five in the NBA. You can even give me top three if you want. Okay. Um, I'll get, but let's I'll- talk about that. Go ahead. I mean, I'll give you a top five. You know, we like the top list. You know, we, love the we like the list. tier list to, yes. to narrow it down. So I'll go with I'll go from five down to one. You know, I'll go five. I like I like the Denver Nuggets. I think that I think that the Nuggets roster that they put together is very good. I uh, like Jokic playing probably going to be the MVP this season. Mm-hmm. Um, I like Jamal Murray playing better than he started out this season, trying to get back to how he was in the bubble. I like the Aaron Gordon trade. I like Michael Porter Jr. Um, I like guys like uh, coming off the bench. Uh, they're, they're deep. They, they got Will Barton. They got, you know, Bull Bull, if he if he can put some stuff together. Yep. Uh, I, like, I like that roster. Uh, I think at four, um, at four, I'm going to go with the Clippers. Uh, I still think that, Kawhi and PG, uh, more so Kawhi, has you know a lot left in them. I think PG does too. Don't get me wrong, but I think I just need to see it in the playoffs. We're because t- we're talking playoffs here, top five roster that we think can win a championship. Yes. So, um, I still like the Clippers. I like getting Rondo. He's always performs in the playoffs, always mm-hmm. without a doubt. Um, at three, uh, three, I think I like. I think I like Portland at three, uh, okay. and, and I'm going to tell you why. Because Damian Lillard has been a top three MVP guy this season, absolutely, without a doubt in my mind. He he should be in the talk for, for MVP. Um, getting C.J. McCollum healthy again. Uh, getting Norman Powell, like we were just talking about. Getting Nurkic back. Uh, adding those guys coming off the bench. They're, they're deep, and they always cause problems for teams in the playoffs and I think that adding Norman Powell is huge I think that people really overlook how big that is for them when they can have another guard slash small forward who can defend multiple positions score at will um and and he fits perfectly in that system uh two I have the Lakers I definitely have the Lakers at two getting Drummond's big um Schroeder being healthy uh AD LeBron Trez coming off the bench, maybe, uh, both, maybe even, um, what's it called? Uh, 
the the guys they have Taylor Horton Tucker he's been playing a little bit better. Um, Caldwell Pope. They, yep, Caldwell Pope. Uh, guys like that. Uh, and I definitely number one's got to be the Brooklyn Nets. A hundred percent. James Harden is unreal, and the fact that he's playing alongside KD, Kyrie, people. I, I'm having a tough time thinking who's going to be the Finals MVP if they if they go all the way and win it. I'm having a tough time thinking who it's going to be if they do that. Uh, Kyrie has performed. We saw him perform in his NBA championship like an MVP. Uh, KD has won multiple. Uh, Harden's won multiple regular season MVPs. Puts up 40-something point triple-doubles. And then, of course, you have Joe Harris, who doesn't miss. You yeah. have... Guys like Blake Griffin now, yep. LaMarcus Aldridge. It's just it, it doesn't need to be said, but they have the best roster on paper in the NBA. I would like to see it come together defensively because mm. they can put up 150 points, no problem. Yeah. Uh, for you know, for the playoffs, I, I'd like to see a little bit more defensive work. Uh, I saw what they. I was watching the Rockets game. Nets Rockets game and I got a little scared at, at how they couldn't defend anybody in the first half. But they came back and won by a decent margin. So that and was the Rockets good. got nobody. Yeah. But they got guys like Kevin Porter and Daniel House killing them. Mm-hmm. Christian Christian Wood's gonna get his, but guys like the other two can't be killing you all game. So no. uh, I think that um the Brooklyn Nets to me have the best roster. That's my top five. Nuggets, Clippers. Blazers, Lakers, Nets. What do you got? And what do you got? I, you know, it's hard. That's hard to argue. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to add this because this that'll be the only Houston Rockets talk that we do <laughs> when we just did there. This other dude that I picked up in fantasy, which I think is a great matchup mm-hmm. to go with um, Christian Wood, um, Jay Sean Tate. Yeah, Whoa. that dude could play. That dude could ball, man. Yeah. I really, really like him. I like him over there. You know, from a fantasy value, is going to give me what he gives me, but. I really think he could be a big time player over there. Definitely. So just want to give too, him, super young. Give him a shout out. Uh, you went from five to one. Um, I like that. I'm not as educated enough to do that. So I gotta <laughs> stop, start at the top and start, you know, weaning myself down. So I, I mean, how do you disagree with the Nets? They have to be the best team um, starting five in the NBA. Mm-hmm. I think if they eventually go to like an Irving, Harden, Harris, KD, and LaMarcus Aldridge, I think that's a huge lineup to have out there of guys who are so versatile. Mm-hmm. Is that the right word, versatile? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, uh, have the ability to play different positions. Anyone could score at any time. Anyone could bring the ball up at any time. Um, pick and roll for days. So mm-hmm. how do you argue with that? The Nets are unbelievable. And I love Jason Kidd as the coach to manage those guys. So I would definitely agree with you there. That's who I have at one. Number two, though, I have the Denver Nuggets, and that has happened with the Gordon trade. I just feel like what they did over there, which what they're going to do with Jamal Murray, Aaron Gordon, um, and Jokic is great. And then mixing in those other guys that they have over there in Denver. Who play, Oh, Michael Porter Jr. Like, come on, man. You know what I'm saying? Oh, that yeah. guy is super freakishly athletic. I was watching the game the other day. I said, Man, him and Aaron Gordon on the wings. How do you stop those two guys? Oh, yeah. Jokic is going to get so much more one-on-one. And if he's backing someone down and the defense comes over, how he's going to be able to kick it to either Murray, to Porter, or Gordon Cutton, maybe an alley-oop. I just think it opens up so much. 
takes off some of the pressure of Porter of being, you know, of rushing his potential and Hey, we really need a lot of scoring out of you. I think now he can kind of ease into that role and really become the player that I know he could be, um, that he should have been, you know, at this point now, but injuries, you know, have hurt him in playing time as well. Mm -hmm. So I just think Denver man is too, because I just love Murray, love Porter, love Gordon, love Jokic. I'm a huge Denver fan right now. I love watching them play. Um, at three, I wanted to go Portland. I really like the Lakers too. The Clippers are still there, but for me, it's got to be the Utah Jazz. Ooh, still, Utah go. Jazz are an absolutely phenomenal team. Um, their record is unbelievable. Um, just really quickly, Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, um, Mike Conley, Jordan Clarkson, great guy to come off the bench that I think if they start to incorporate him a little bit more, maybe in the starting lineup at some points or at the starting five, they could put together on the floor. Could be crazy. Bogdanovich is always a great scorer. Joe Ingles is always over there, you know, collaborating with them. It's just a good mix of players mm-hmm. that at any point they could put a starting five out there or five guys out there at any point. If we want to even expand this conversation right. where they could, where they're very, very deadly and very hard to stop. So I got Brooklyn at one, Denver at two, Utah at three. I got to go Portland at four. Okay. Dame Lillard, um, Norman Powell, CJ McCollum. My, my, my man who I got back there, I keep forgetting all these guys' names, man. Who's my center? Nurkic. Yusuf Nurkic. Nurkic. Yeah. Um, un- unbelievable what those guys could do, man. They're, they're so athletic. Oh, yeah. All those players. Um. They could score. They could run the ball. You know, the ball could be brought up down the court by anybody. Um, that that dunk that Nurkic had was crazy last night. You oh, see yeah. that one? Yeah. Over over um, Connaughton, mm-hmm. um, and and Connaughton could jump, man, and that was great. Just to Portland, what they could do, and the guys that they could throw at you, very very dangerous. And then at five, I got the Lakers. Have to have them there um, because I think Andre Drummond, what he's going to do with Anthony Davis is going to be crazy um, what he's going to do with LeBron James. They're going to, they may get like uh, 110 rebounds a game yeah. combined, all those guys. Mm-hmm. So how do you argue with that? Um, I still think the Lakers are missing the right point guard. I think they should have went after a point guard in, in, in the, during the trade deadline. I like what Shorter gives them. Um, AC Fresh is always nice. You know, <laughs> maybe be mixed in there, but I just don't think they have – the point guard spot solidified yet, but I do I do like their lineup at five. Um, an injury happens anywhere. I feel like we've said this before last right. year. At any point, I think there could be a little trouble. So, but I definitely like their starting five. And I think how do you how do you match up with LeBron, Drummond, and AD? Mm-hmm. That's that's really really tough to stop. So, um, let us know out there what y'all think. Hit us up. I don't, I don't care how you do it. Comment <laughs> on a video, on yep. Instagram, text one of us. Let us know who you think is some of the top five NBA rosters, starting lineups or not, in, in the NBA. We just wanted to try to stick to the guys, the five guys on the court. Um, do we have any more NBA stuff? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think, I think that was everything we wanted to touch on for NBA. Okay, cool. So I just wanted to talk about the NFL draft for a second. Okay. And just the movement we've seen. We don't got to really get into that and trade-wise. But just, you know, where really, you know, the major move was what? San Francisco moving up to three, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so now it's 
Jacksonville, who's probably going to take Trevor Lawrence. Right. Um, Jets, don't quite know what's going to happen there. San Francisco moves up. Mm-hmm. You got to think they're going to take a quarterback. Quarterback, yeah. Um, and I'd like to hear what my boy Chris Brown has to say if the, if who he likes and what he what he wants to do. Um, and then it goes on, you know. Then it goes on from there. Yeah. Of Dolphins um, also moved up. Dolphins trade picks with the with the Eagles, right? Yeah. The sixth pick for the twelve. Yeah. So, so maybe they. I don't know if they're looking for a quarterback, but they're looking for somebody. Mm-hmm. You know, in that in that range, Eagles move out of the top ten, which I don't think the Eagles should have done that. Right. I think silly move out of them. Um, but most importantly, let me just ask a couple questions about this. Trevor Lawrence, do you think he's should be the number one? Should it be hands down Trevor Lawrence at number one for Jacksonville, or should Jacksonville possibly think about somebody else? Um, I think at this is point, clear cut? is it as clear cut as everyone makes it out to be? I don't think it's as clear cut. Like it's like it's like Trevor Lawrence. Okay, what else? Like pretty much the draft starts at three, you know, or two at three where you don't even consider the first pick because you know who it's going to be. I don't know if it's like that anymore. I think that it was at the beginning of the season. Um, everyone's saying Trevor Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence. Um, I think that there's other guys now that prove themselves. I think Zach Wilson looks amazing from mm-hmm. BYU. I think Justin Fields put on a sh- you know performance at his pro day as well. Mm-hmm. He, he definitely improved his stock. I think Trey Lance, the quarterback, um, was it South Dakota or North Dakota? North Dakota. North I Dakota. Um, I think Mac Jones even is you know can make a case not for one, but I think he can make a case to be in there amongst the top quarterbacks. But I still think he's the number one guy. I think you have to go with him. His his physical ability, his arm is insane. He can run. He can do it all. He's still Trevor Lawrence. I think that. Um, in my opinion, I think he's still the number one. I don't know if it's as clear cut, depending what you want to go for, what you're looking mm-hmm. for in a quarterback. But I think that you can't go wrong with Trevor Lawrence at number one. That's for sure. What do you I think agree. about it? I agree. I think to me, he's not the clear cut guy. Um, my opinion, but I see how the NFL um, makes him the clear cut guy, mm-hmm. and I see how he can be. You know, I wouldn't I, I'll argue against somebody who's saying no, definitely this guy, and then it starts. After that, because of his size, his arm strength, his athletic ability, you know, his winning that he did in Clemson, mm-hmm. um, the leader that he is. So, you know, how do you argue with that? And I think Jacksonville needs to hit on this pick. Um, and if they pass on him and he's really good, you get a lot of flack for it. Oh, yeah. Um, if you take him and he's not as great, you did the right move, you know. So I think Jacksonville, you, you they did your, you know, you you had you did what you really should have done, so no one could be you know at fault for that. Mm-hmm. So from there, then the Jets still staying at two. This could change, and we're just going with early predictions here. Yeah. The Jets are still staying at two. They have a quarterback. Sam Darnold is their quarterback. Yep. Um, they got a new coach in Robert Sala. I try to reach out to Jeff fans all the time, particularly my my boy Charles Lucci, man, um, big Jeff fan, and. He doesn't necessarily want to see the Jets take Zach Wilson or any other quarterback at two. He wants an offensive lineman. I and I like I agree. You have to build in the trenches first. Mm-hmm. But I also think that you gotta have a guy behind the trenches who is gonna lead your team and get the ball down the field and be that, you know, that guy that the New York Jets need and that have missed for so long. Mm-hmm. You think the Jets stay at two? And if they stay at two, who do they take? I think they do. I think no matter what, 
uh, unless they can get something crazy for the second pick from a team that really needs a quarterback. Um, I think they stay at two, and I think they should get a quarterback. I think it should be Zach Wilson or Mac Jones or Trey Lance. I think it should be a quarterback um, because, like you said, you're bringing in a new system, a new a new um, head coach, and let that guy pick who he wants, who he thinks can run his system better. If he thinks Sam Darnold could do that, whatever he wants to, you know, if he's his guy, if he has the system in place that he thinks Sam Darnold could do, then go for the offensive tackle. Go yeah. for, you know, the big guy out of Oregon. Um, but if you have any sort of doubt that this season, you know, at some point Sam Darnold could be sitting on the bench or, or be talking up a trade, why are you even going to, you know, risk the first however you lose seven games in a row you know (laughs) again and now everyone's talking about what the heck same old jets you know if you are going to come in as a new head coach and you're going to try and put in a new system you think could work if there's a quarterback in this draft that you think will execute that better you got to go get him and i don't i don't i don't think that sam darnold you know i don't know what his system's going to be but i think that it's time for someone new. I think that they're ready for a fresh face. Sam Darnold could be useful elsewhere, you know, if yeah. they if they put together a little trade to send them elsewhere. But I think it comes down to this too, because um, mm-hmm. I think you hit on some good points there, um, in the sense of like, okay, well, what is the new regime in Robert Sala? Does he want his own guy? He should be allowed to have his own guy, mm-hmm. or do uh, does he like what he has right now? So I think a lot of it comes up to him and what he wants. I think the Jets should give him that power. Um, because I think that will make a good combination of a head coach having their quarterback that they want and not having to fit, um, you know, their the quarterback who's currently there into his system yeah. or, you know, dealing with um, possibly trading him um, and then getting somebody else. Yeah. I think at this point right now they have kind of the system on their side. If they take Zach Wilson at two or Mac Jones at two or Justin Fields at two, whatever you think, I think taking a quarterback at two and and still having Sam Darnold there after the draft is still on your side mm-hmm. because then you could still trade Darnold um, after the draft. I don't think they should trade him before, but after the draft, um, if they don't feel confident in the guy they're going to take. And the only reason why I don't think they feel confident is if because I think they either like Wilson or they like Jones, the Jets. Yeah. And the, both of those guys don't have a lot of playing experience right now. So I think that's why they haven't moved on from Darnold yet. Okay. Is because if they or, or Trey or Trey um J- Trey Jones his name is Trey Lance. Trey Lance, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Trey Lance um who's super talented. Trey Lance is super talented, Mac Jones is super talented, so is Zach Wilson. But Lance and Jones don't have a lot of experience. Mm-hmm. And Wilson does, but is he ready to step in as the starter as much as a guy you would think as Lawrence is? Fields is mm-hmm. those are more guys who I think got a lot of playing time a lot of big time games under their belt so I think the Jets are just unsure about those other you know Wilson um Trey and Mac Jones experience that's why I think they're holding on to this yeah. but they will eventually have to move on I think from Sam Darnold that's why I think they should pick one of those quarterbacks and then wait and see what they can get if anything, you trade them, you know, before the before the year starts, you get draft picks and you build around the new guy you got, you know, going from there. Um, but the Jets, man, 
I say you take Zach Wilson and you keep him moving and you get this exciting guy in there who could really change your environment. San Francisco's at three. San Francisco, I think, same thing. Got Jimmy Garoppolo there, mm-hmm. but can either draft Trey or Mac Jones and let him sit behind Jimmy for a little bit. And then San Francisco says, okay, you know what? We got our guy. Let's trade Jimmy. Let's get assets. But I think both of these teams in the Jets and San Francisco should keep the guy they currently got until they make a draft choice, get that guy in their building, and then say, okay, here we go. You know, now let's make a move. You know, I think San Francisco could make their move in the middle of the year if they wanted to, maybe trade in Jimmy or – Something like that, or then sitting Jimmy and letting the guy take over, um, whoever they pick. But I think the Jets have to make that trade before the season starts yeah. if they're going to take a guy. Um, you think San Francisco definitely does take a quarterback though? They had to, they have to, right? We're moving up like that. Yeah, I think that you don't you don't go up there unless you have a specific person in mind, a specific you know athlete in mind. I don't know who it is, but I definitely think that. They're thinking quarterback, and I, I like what you said. I think you have to, if you're one of these two teams and you're thinking that maybe by the end of the season the guy that's currently there won't be you know, your guy, I think that you have to grab one of these guys, one of these quarterbacks, uh, the second and third pick. Because cause look at this. Uh, let's say you get the offensive tackle, right? Let's say you get a wide receiver or something like that. Middle, middle of the season comes, you your quarterback's not really working out. What do you have? What do you have to work with? You have your backups that you had already you have signees you could trade like free agents but that this is something where you bring in the guy early on like you said you get him in the building you you see him on the practice field you input the system and then you see if it works out then boom now you have your guy if it doesn't maybe needs a little bit more time to develop you still have that option you know let's say three four five weeks into the season if not more now you you don't you're not panicked come come the deadline you know you right. you made your move you did your work early on and if it doesn't work out uh with your current quarterback if you even let it get to that point if you don't start him week one uh you still have those options so definitely and we don't know what otas are going to look like or anything like that mm-hmm. so once you get that guy in the building and you see that's a good point he looks like on the practice squad um, against, you know, or maybe with the starters, whatever it is, you see him going against real defenders in real time, mm-hmm. you know, NFL guys. Then you say, okay, you know what? We're good with secure here. And there's always teams with quarterbacks going down who are going to look for a Jimmy G, who are going to look for a Sam Darnold, and yep. then they can make that move necessarily. You don't have to wait till the season starts and then someone goes down. But either way, take your guy. I think this is the year of the quarterback, you know? Uh-huh. And um, I, I think Atlanta at one, was that one, two, three, four? four. Mm-hmm. Could throw a monkey wrench into everything. If they take the tight end out of Florida, I think, you know, okay, fine, do what you want to do. But maybe they want to start moving on from Matt Ryan. Yeah. So maybe they take a Justin Fields. Maybe they take a Mac Jones if he drops to them. Maybe Trey goes there. You know, I like what these quarterbacks could really do for these teams in the offseason. I mean, we got more to talk about in the NFL, you know, once I think the draft is like late April. So we'll, we'll yeah. save – another episode for that and more information to mm-hmm. go from there. I just wanted to hear at the top what you thought what was going on. Definitely. Um, UFC, big fight just passed. Mm-hmm. Francis Ninganu became the new heavyweight champ. Oh, Knocked yeah. out Stipe Miocic Oof. in the second round. Um, this guy becomes maybe the biggest heavyweight name that the UFC has ever had. Size, ability, knockout power. 
you know, just superstardom, man. Oh, my gosh. What do you think of Francis Ngannou being the new UFC heavyweight champion? Oh, man. Uh, I mean, it's great. I think that he was prepared for this. I think he was waiting for his time, and this was his time. And what impressed me more than all the power that he has, because you know he has power, mm-hmm. is how good his wrestling was uh, yep. during that fight. He was he scrambled, and he was he was taking out a top level wrestler uh, with with his scrambling, and he took his back, and you know it was just super impressive. I think the work that he's put in, you know, with guys like Kamaru Usman and the other guys he's brought in, if you if that guy can wrestle you you. You don't stand a chance, man. If, if that dude who can put you out ice cold with cement blocks his fists, oh and then you God. try to wrestle him, and he's t- he's reversing it on you, Stuffing what do you even takedown? do? Stuffing oh. the takedown, reversing it, grabbing your back. Oh my goodness! What this guy is legit. He is legit. Bro, when he when he stuffed the takedown, spun to Stipe's back, and just started hammering him, I said, "Oh my gosh, this is not good. The bet is going down. It's over. It's this is not good <laughs> to anybody in the division. You think John Jones could handle him? Because that's got to be oh, a fight. Boy. I think. Yeah, that has to be the next fight. Um, I don't know. I haven't seen John Jones in so long that the last time I saw him, he didn't look like John Jones. Mm-hmm. He, but I think that. His ability, if he comes back as John Jones that we know, you know, could could give him some trouble. He keeps him at a distance with his light kicks. The, his kicks, I think, will be the X factor for sure. Mm-hmm. John Jones, just to mix it up, keep Ngannou at a distance, you know, at a comfortable distance that he likes to strike at. Um, I don't, th- I don't think that this that that's gonna have much ground potential. Uh, maybe in the clinch a little bit, but I think that's that fight stands most of it. Um, but I think it, I I think Ngannou's legit. I I think he yeah. might hand John Jones's real first you know legit loss mm-hmm. if if that comes to fight and Ngannou looks like he did against Stipe and John Jones could have some trouble. I don't know. I what know, do you man. think about that? It's a really interesting fight. One I definitely want to see. What is Jones going to look like a heavyweight? Mm-hmm. Like you said, Jones really got tested in his last couple fights against Santos, against Reyes, um, Dominic Reyes, and somebody else he fought in between there who really gave him a little bit of an issue. Um, but anyway, mm-hmm. I, you know, John Jones needs to look more like John Jones. Will he? And will he look like John Jones at heavyweight? It's a whole other story because Francis hits you. It's a whole other ballgame. It's a lot of weight to go up from. Yeah. You know, and to deal with a guy of Francis's caliber, if he's going to be this guy, mm-hmm. this wrestler, um, this striker, this patient fighter, this guy who could win in the clinch, um, knock you out cold, or, you know, kind of like throw a couple of strikes at you just to beat you up a little bit and then put you and then put you out, you know, yeah. and if you think you're going to, you know, take him down, that's not going to happen. That's <laughs> scary. Oh, yeah. So I can't wait to see that fight. I hope that's the fight they make. If not, then maybe it'll be Francis versus Derek Lewis. Mm-hmm. Um, the UFC heavyweight division is on point and is on the rise. So I'm definitely excited to see that. Um, Woodley lost to Vicente Luque. Maybe Woodley's out of the UFC. We don't know. Vicente Luque looks very good. Mm-hmm. But more importantly, that that fight that was also on that card, Sugar Sean O'Malley, oh, yeah. man, he looked absolutely phenomenal, huh? Don't you want to see against a real contender? Yeah. Like, 
I'm not saying the guys really he's fighting aren't, but I am, you know, mm-hmm. with the exception of Cheeto Vera um, making that kick to, to, to Sean's leg. And Cheeto is just a veteran. It's a tough fight. But I want to see him against, like, other high-level bantamweights. Yeah. Um, right? Do you agree? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I think that I think that he's shown that he's ready for it. And, uh, you know, I, I want to see his skills up against guys like that. I want to see, you know – these guys, he, if he's standing up with everyone, you're not going to, you know, it plays right into his wheelhouse. He's long. He has power. I want to see him, you know, fight somebody a little more versatile, you know, uh, someone at the top of that division. I don't have any names in mind, but I think that his next fight needs to be a top five guy. It yeah. needs to be a top three guy. You know, he he's I think he's earned, you know, he's coming off, you know, a loss, then a really good win. Uh, I think if he's healthy, I think he deserves at least a top five guy to see where he goes from there. Yeah. Well, the buzz right now is this. The buzz is, well, some we have definitives. TJ Dillashaw is coming back against Corey Sanhagen. Mm-hmm. Great fight. Um, Rob Font is going to be matched up against Cody Garbrandt. Great fight. Both of those guys can knock each other out cold. Yeah. Um, Al Jermaine and Peter Yan, they're going to fight each other again. So that kind of leaves God, um, that leaves O'Malley to fight maybe a guy like Dominic Cruz, you know, who's got a little bit of a buzz going on. Um, Jose Aldo, maybe somebody like that. Yeah. Frankie Edgar, maybe somebody like that. I don't know, you know, but I think he maybe gets one more fight against not a top 10 guy or maybe even like a top six guy yet. He has to fight one more fight until okay. this kind of plays itself out. Um, because I think the bantamweight division right now has a lot of good matchups mm-hmm. and is a very exciting division. So, man, this kid is he's great though. He plays distance. He's got a lot of power. He's got a lot of he's unorthodox. He's flashy. You don't know what you're gonna get. His ground game is good, his striking game is good. Get on the O'Malley train, Rich. Oh, yeah. And the rest of y'all out Come there on, who Rich. are not putting any respect on this guy's name. Mm-hmm. Let's go, man. Let's go. I think he should honestly cut his hair to get rid of the um i think he's got great hair but cut it get rid of the you know all the, the dye and everything yeah. that's in there get yourself back going um in a in a little, little bit different of direction but I, I like his look i like his persona i like everything about sean o'malley man man the ufc is on fire um dustin versus connor is signed yep oh yeah signed it three that's gonna be great coming up believe rich was just texting us before the undercard possibibly that is burns first wonder boy that would be crazy yeah next weekend um darren till had to drop out um i believe he broke something i don't know what exactly it mm-hmm. is um but he had some type of injury he's out of the abc card next week against marvin vittori but i think kevin holland is yeah. stepping up and going in there i don't i was wondering why Derek brunson wasn't the guy but maybe brunson wants a full camp if he's going to fight a guy like that of that caliber or Kevin Holland, this is the point. I mean, this is the time where you can make a redemption, mm-hmm. you know, in your, your lack of being prepared or taking it seriously, whatever you did a couple of weeks ago against Brunson. Now you can go against Vittori. That's a great fight coming up. Gastelum versus um, Whitaker. Robert Whitaker is coming up as well. So keep an eye out there for all of these fights. Masvidal versus Usman. And I think they just named the um, ultimate the, the the ultimate fighter, new coaches yep. is Brian Ortega and Alexander Volkanovsky. Another great fight um coming up pretty soon here as well. So 
the UFC is great, man. They have a lot of big things. And Dana said he's got a, a lot of big announcements coming. I don't know what they are, but things that the fans are really, really going to be happy about. They're starting to let fans back into the arenas. Oh, Nate yeah. Diaz versus Leon Edwards. Ooh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. And the headliner for that is um, Michael Chandler yeah. versus Charles Oliveira. So these are definitely fights that we're going to be talking about coming up here soon. Uh-huh. We may have to bring back the uh, main car podcast. Oh, yeah. So we could dedicate all of our time to some UFC talk, but I covered everything I needed to. I think this is a great episode. Um, one fourteen. By the way, the month of April. Shout out, man! Autism Awareness Month. Oh yeah. Um, I got a tattooed on me because of how much it means to me. Um, the people that it represents, the community of people who need to collaborate with one another, and not even only being aware but taking action. Um, it's near and dear to my heart. Um, anything I could do, I will to bring awareness, to bring action, to bring, you know, whatever I need to, to the community, um, you know, uh, and individuals that are affected um, by autism spectrum disorder. It's just, it's near and dear to my heart. So April is Autism Awareness Month. So do whatever you can to help raise money, to help raise awareness, to spread the word, to take action. Absolutely. Um, anything you want to add for episode 114? Uh, no, I think we covered everything we wanted to do. It's good to, you know, be back after a week off. Hopefully we can get some other guys in here. It's always yeah. good when, when Frankie and Rich are there mixing it up, hearing their takes, or even if we have any special guests, we, we'll mix it up. But, you know, you know you're going to find me and Mike here. Uh, try, try to every week, if not every other. You know, we'll be here when we be here. When you hear from respect the, respect the chat, you'll hear me and Mike, or me or Mike. You'll hear one of us. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Abs- absolutely, man. Um, and shout out to my boy, Corey, man. Um, uh, Corey is my, you know, him and my sister have been hanging out. I don't know if I'm allowed to call them boyfriend and girlfriend. I don't Uh-oh. know what I'm allowed to. And I wasn't really re- ready to prepare to shout this out. Uh-oh. But I said in, in my head, I said I needed to do this because my man, Corey, is telling all his homeboys about the respect to chat. All the there guys he works with, all the dudes he hangs out with. I, I got to get the clear name on what his company is okay. so I can give them a shout out. But he's been wearing the Respect the Chat sweatshirt Let's to work go. and everyone's asking about it. So shout out my boy, Corey, man. Let's go, Corey. Come Big on, NBA dog. Fan. Maybe we can get Corey on an episode too, man. Let's Maybe do we can it. Get on too. We're going to diversify ourselves Absolutely. and then everybody on whenever they want to come on because that's what Respect the Chat does, man. Oh, yeah. We love y'all. We respect everybody out there. Please be a good human being, man. Do whatever you can. Be mindful of your actions and your words. Mm-hmm. Um, be role models for the younger generation. You know, I, as having a son now, man, it even hits even more home to really be and carry myself the right way, you know, and do it genuinely. So um, Ryan's there in Pittsburgh. I'm here in Milford. We love y'all. Respect to Chat 114. We out. Peace.